are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, I want to say thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, all Louisville, five days a week. So we are on the final episode of the bye week. Next week, we will begin the preview for Boston College. It's kind of funny how that works halfway through the season exactly is the bye week. We're going to recap the first half, however, talk about giving out some game balls on offense. Two players getting those, Malik Cunningham and Marshawn Ford. And then we'll switch to the defense and giving those to Yasir Abdullah, and Jack Fago, and then we'll give overall grades for the offense and the defense as collective units through the first six games of the season. Before we get into the content of today's show, however, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Home, where I serve as a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst, and also do some announcing for the university in sports like soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, etc. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore and the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore global. So let's get right on into the content of this Friday edition of the show, giving out two game balls on the offensive side of things, going to Malik Cunningham, which should be a no-brainer, also giving one to Marshawn Ford. So starting out with Malik Cunningham, you know, through the first two games against Mississippi and Eastern Kentucky, I was very critical of him and his performances, but in the final four games of this stretch, he has been lights out. Um, You know, he's made some mistakes here and there, you know, underthrown, overthrown some balls, you know, made some wrong reads and stuff like that. But, you know, that it happens. I mean, guys make mistakes all the time. But at the end of the day, I am very pleased with how he has really conducted himself and You know, he's not trying to be someone that he's not. He's playing to his strengths. On the season, however, Malik has completed 121 of 188 passes, 1,577 yards. It's a completion percentage of 64.4, averaging 8.4 yards per completion. Eight touchdowns on the year, only two interceptions. That's uh, something that we're going to talk about here in just a second. But on the ground is where he has really impressed me as well. 76 carries. 347 yards, just 10 yards behind Jalen Mitchell, who leads the Cardinals in rushing yards. He also has 10 touchdowns on the ground this season, started out two touchdowns each in the first five games, didn't have any rushing scores against Virginia, but you know, just to have 10 through the first six games alone is huge. But I mentioned that we're going to come back to the interception total, and that's something that when we looked at Malik Cunningham last year and the difference between 2019 and 2020 Cunningham, a lot of it was based upon ball security, you know, carelessness in terms of turning the ball over, you know, had double-digit interceptions, you definitely regressed after 2019, and he's back into that form. I, you know, I'll argue that he is playing the best as a quarterback as he's ever played at Louisville. He's been absolutely lights out, playing to his strengths, 64.4% passing. Only has eight touchdowns, like I mentioned, but I think that that's a, sort of a byproduct of you know Malik taking matters into his own own hands in the rushing attack. And then you have, you know, with it being sort of a predominant running team, you know, Jalen Mitchell has two touchdowns on the ground. 
uh, Hassan Hall has one as well, you know, etc. So you, definitely a lot of mouths to feed inside of that Louisville offense. But ultimately, I think Malik has been stellar, and you know whether it's being able to be more comfortable with his reads, going through his progressions. And, um, you know, a little bit more accuracy has kind of resulted from that and just being more confident. And it's been a tale of two cities type of vibe when you talk about, you know, how he was so hesitant in the first two games. And then you flip the script in the last four and he's getting better each and every week as a quarterback and as a signal caller. And, um, you know, I'm very interested to see throughout the second half of the season how he continues that progression and that trajectory upward and um, how he's able to continue to get guys involved. And one of those guys that is getting the second game ball is Marshawn Ford. And Marshawn ha- has kind of had sort of an up and down you know, start to the 2021 campaign. He came into the season battling some sinus issues. Um, just some things where, you know, when you have a sinus issue, sometimes you can't breathe when you do a lot of physical activity. It was a non-COVID-related illness type of ordeal for Marshawn that he admitted to after that Central Florida win. But he is still leading the cards in receptions, receiving yards, and he is, you know, right there, you know, in second with, you know, one touchdown on the season. He's got 27 receptions. 265 yards, one touchdown, averaging just under 10 yards per reception. Ultimately, you know, coming into the season, he was one of the guys that I thought needed to lead by example for this young wide receiving core that doesn't necessarily have a lot of game reps under their belts, respectively, as a unit. But, you know, you know, Marshawn has had his ups and downs, but he's come through you know, pretty solid, had a decent game against Mississippi, only had one catch for six yards against Eastern Kentucky, but had a very big performance against Central Florida. And, you know, throughout even, you know, this past week against Virginia, went out with an apparent injury, was ruled out for the game, went to go get x-rays, came back into the fourth quarter. His very first play back, he makes a key block from Malik, being able to extend a drive and, you know, resulting in a first down. So I think, you know, when you take context into – um, account and you know focus on what he's been able to do with the circumstances that he's been fighting. I think you know he m- may not be living up to my preseason expectations because I said you know he could possibly be an All-American, but you know the stats have to back that up. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. But at the end of the day, when you factor in how balanced this wide receiving core is and how Malik Cunningham you know a lot of times will run the ball as well so that takes away some opportunities but Marshawn has made the most of every opportunity when his number is called and he's come up big for the Cardinals down the stretch um, you know Jalen Mitchell was another guy that I wanted to consider for this spot um, he, he's having a, a decent season only 347 yards on the ground but that is to happen when you have three rushers with over 200 yards respectively um, I, I got to be honest you know at times you know I expect more out of Jalen Mitchell. He's had some solid games, especially as of late, as the Cards have been able to establish the run, and that's kind of, you know, in turn on the offensive line for, you know, getting better as a collective unit. But if Jalen Mitchell starts out the season a little better, then maybe he gets this game ball. But uh, he's going to be the honorable mention. Marshawn Ford getting the second game ball, and it should not surprise anyone that Malik Cunningham is getting the first, 
you know, offensive game ball. Put it this way. If there was only one game ball that you could give out to the team, he's definitely getting it. It's kind of cliche to say, oh, yeah, the quarterback's the most important player. In yeah, in a, in essence, theoretically that's true, but I, I think it can kind of be misconstrued as, as a lazy take per se. And I know that I've mentioned that sometimes being a lazy take to just, you know, pick the quarterback as the guy to watch for, the, the guy that gets all the credit. But when you focus on what Louisville needed to do on offense coming into the season. A lot of it revolved around Malik Cunningham getting back into form. And he's not only done that, but he's gotten better. This is the best football that Malik Cunningham has ever played at Louisville. He is making good decisions on the ground. He's holding on to the ball. He's not turning it over. He's completing over 60% of his passes. And at the end of the day, he's utilizing his strengths. He knows that when he gets out on the run, you know, he's become you know more of an accurate passer when he's scrambling. I know that not every pass is, is right on the money. You know, he overthrows, he underthrows guys at times, but what college quarterback doesn't make mistakes at the end of the day? So Malik Cunningham, Marshawn Ford getting the game balls on the offensive side of things. Switching over to the defense, Yasir Abdullah and Jack Fago ended up getting that second game ball in the Louisville defensive unit. We'll talk a little bit why that is the case. But first, let's talk about our friends down at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors. There's something for everyone, and there's a ton of variety. I mean, there's coconut, there's mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, orange, German chocolate, strawberry, etc. You can definitely tell there's a lot of different variety in those flavors. And if you haven't tried them all or you simply just don't know where to start, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But get this, not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy as well. They range from anywhere 17 to 18 grams of protein, containing 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, amazing flavors that are all tasty, and they are all healthy. So you can order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. So do yourself a favor. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Once again, that is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. As always, I want to say thank you once again for making Locked On Global your first listen of the day. It is free on all streaming services, five days a week, all Louisville, all the time. We are now transitioning into the defensive side of things in terms of game balls. The first one is going to Yasir Abdullah. Uh, doesn't necessarily show it in the stat sheet. He only has 27 tackles on the year, which is, I believe it is sixth on the team, but he leads the team with five sacks. And, you know, simply put, when Monty Montgomery went down, Yasir Abdullah rose to the occasion. Uh, you saw it, you know, against Florida State. You saw it, um, you know, against Wake Forest, against Virginia. He's making plays in the defensive backfield. He's getting sacks, and he's leading that Louisville pass rush when Brian Brown calls his number to get into the opposing backfield. I think overall, this extends beyond the stat sheet, obviously, because when you look at the guys that are replacing Monty Montgomery, it's KJ Cloyd, it's Dorian Jones, it's Jalen Alderman. A lot of these guys, you know, albeit all three are talented, they're still very young in terms of game reps and overall experience, especially, you know, at this level. So, you know, it, it, there's been a lot more pressure on Yasir Abdullah to come in week in, week out, and lead this Cardinal defense without, you know, 
arguably the most talented guy on that defense in Montgomery. And I know it's not just Yasir having to pick up the slack. You know, Jack Fago has been money these past couple weeks, and that's really kind of the thing that convinced me that he gets the second game ball. And we'll talk about him here in just a second. But Yasir coming into this season was a player that, in my opinion, he was the X factor on defense because you see all the pictures of him in the preseason just absolutely ripped. I mean, he definitely has taken strength and conditioning to the next level. But now, you know, that speed, that strength, it's translating onto the field. It did so last year as well. This year's a different story. He's really, you know, turning himself into a formidable NFL draft prospect. And I'm very, you know, pleased with how he's performed in that linebacker role as sort of, you know, a secondary pass rusher. And another reason, you know, speaking of pass rush, of why he is in this position to receive a game ball is because you see when you watch the game, when Yasir Abdullah comes after an opposing quarterback, you notice. And, you know, Scott Satterfield said in his postgame press conference after the loss against Virginia that, you know, you can't rush Yasir 61 times, which I think, you know, that, that was the number of attempts that the Cavaliers had passing but you can't rush him 61 times. Well, you can definitely tell when he is rushing the quarterback because more often than not, when even if he doesn't get a sack, you know he only has five on the year, so it's not like he gets a sack every play. But what he does is he forces quarterbacks to make decisions that much quicker. And what happened in that third quarter against Virginia when Yasir Abdullah was brought after the quarterback, two of the three possessions in that third quarter for Brennan Armstrong and the Cavaliers were interceptions. So, you know, I don't necessarily think that that is coincidental whatsoever. And when Yasir comes, you know, the offensive line has to be forced to make adjustments. That opens up lanes for guys like Yaya Diaby, uh, Ashton Gelati, you know, etc. So at the end of the day, his overall impact on the field for this team stems way beyond the stat sheet. You know, it's a, you know, position of leadership, you know, leading by example, and, you know, opening up a ton of possibilities for what this defense can do, especially getting after the quarterback. So Yasir Abdullah getting the first game ball. The second one goes to Jack Fago. And this was a recognition that I went back and forth on. You know, C.J. Avery was in consideration. The Both grad transfer safeties, Kendrick Duncan Jr., Quinterio Cole, Kittrell Clark was in the conversation as well. But ultimately, Jack got this second game ball just because of you know what we mentioned Yasir and how he's you know stepped up to the plate with no Monty Montgomery. Jack Fago has done the same thing and he has played his best football you know in his life in the past three weeks for Louisville. I know you know there's been times where he's had some missed tackles but at the end of the day right now he's leading the team in tackles with 42. He has two sacks on the season. He's got a forced fumble. I guess what I'm trying to say is we are seeing exactly why the coaching staff thought it was necessary to move him from safety to linebacker. You give him the opportunity to use his strength and athleticism. Uh, Fago is someone who, you know, you'd rather use in terms of kind of allowing him to do a variety of different things. Six foot tall, 195 pounds. So he's not the, you know, he's not the biggest guy out there, but he's very explosive in terms of getting after the ball. And that's something that we've kind of seen throughout the past three games. To open up the season, he had 15 tackles, 
through the first three weeks, six against Mississippi, six against Central Florida, three against Eastern Kentucky, which isn't, you know, that's, you know, average respectable numbers for sure. But then you look at the past three weeks and what he's doing. He's got 27, so almost doubling his tackle totals. I understand no Monty Montgomery in those last three games, but he's definitely stepping up to the plate. Had nine tackles against Virginia, 10 against Florida State, eight against Wake Forest. Had the had one of his sacks and one of his forced fumbles against Virginia in the in the last game this past Saturday. So I think he's continuing, like Malik Cunningham, to play his best football each and every week. He's improving. He's getting more comfortable in the defensive scheme. And that's one thing is, you know, Court Dennison, you know, Brian Brown, Scott Satterfield, what they're allowing him to do is they're utilizing his strengths within, you know, his own respective position. You know, I'm not going to lie, he kind of looked lost at safety last year. And, you know, ever since he's been in the program, they allowed him to beef up a little bit in the strength and conditioning program, switched him over to outside linebacker. You know, early on, it, it seemed like that was the a good move in, in the eyes of the coaches. You know, in the preseason and media availabilities and press conferences, they raved about, you know, how well he was picking up the position, you know, just how confident he is in his abilities and just how important it is to allow him to utilize the best thing about his game, and that's his athleticism. So this game ball is going to him. I like the work that he's doing for the cards in that defense, in especially in the past three weeks, and that was kind of the deciding factor that you know put him over the top against C.J. Avery and the grad transfer safeties and even Cottrell Clark. So I'm extremely interested to see how he's able to progress as the season goes on. You, you're playing against some tough opponents with some good offenses. And it's going to require him to be more of a tackling machine and, you know, rise to new heights. So, you know, overall, Yasir Abdullah, Jack Fago getting the two game balls on the defensive side of things. Uh, you know, in an overall sense, I want to grade both the offense and the defense through the first half of the season for Louisville. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends down at Bet Online. As I mentioned, it's halfway through the college football season. It's getting closer in terms of the NFL, but one thing is for sure, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. And from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and Bet Online is simply where the game starts. So now we're turning towards analyzing things in a collective sense. Now I want to give grades for the offense and the defense. For the offense, I'll go ahead and say we're looking at an A-. minus. The defense is squarely at a C. You know, for the offense, the only thing that really holds them back is starting really poor against Mississippi and then struggling in the first half against Eastern Kentucky. There's been opportunities to where they haven't really stepped on the gas and um, allow teams to get back into games. I know that some of that is, you know, on play calling and stuff like that. I'm not here to argue about that. You know, just calling a spade a spade here. There's, you know, been opportunities for the Louisville football offense to 
reach a new level and you know it seems like the offense is really never able to put together a full complete performance on the offensive side of things the really the only game that could even be in that consideration could possibly be central florida and it took just a couple drives for the cardinals to get going in that realm but Ultimately, a good grade for the Louisville offense. I thought coming into the year, the strength was going to be the defense, and the questions were on the offensive side of the ball. Well, that phenomenon has flipped on its head, and it's the other way around now. Offensively, the cards have been clicking, getting better through the season as games go on. Overall, I think um, you know it starts, like I mentioned, with Malik Cunningham and how comfortable he's been, how very solid of a season he is having. That uh, we need to, you know, the disrespect, I'm not really going to say the disrespect, but, you know, the praise needs to be as loud as the criticism was when it comes to this offense. You know, we criticized, you know, myself included, I'm not, you know, putting myself off to the side. I'm, you know, I am was squarely in the mix of this. You know, I simply said Malik Cunningham needed to be better after the first two weeks. And he has, and he's exceeded those expectations, and he's playing the best football of his career. You know, he's never been a better quarterback than he is right now. Um, rushing the ball, um, this is another thing that kind of makes it an A minus. It took till the Wake Forest game to really start to put together a solid rushing attack. In the past two weeks, the Cards have rushed for over 200 yards, so that's an upward trajectory that is, you know, looking positive and encouraging. Overall, the team is scoring 32.3 points per game. Um, in terms of the yardage, they are averaging just under 275 per game, and rushing is just over 180, respectively. So, you know, all in all, it's about 453 yards of offense per game, which is pretty solid. I mean, it's one of the, you know, it's in the top half of the NCAA FBS, so I'm very pleased with what the offense is doing as a whole the offensive line has increased its cohesiveness and the ability to play together and overall just improved as the season has gone on not allowing a ton of quarterback pressure to Malik Cunningham and then the wide receiving core I feel like there were so many questions coming into this year that you know they're very talented but just not a lot of game experience and it seems like you know guys are you know rising to the occasion Amari Huggins Bruce has busted onto the scene Jordan Watkins, Tyler Harrell, Josh Johnson, Justin Marshall. The list truly goes on and on, and you really start to get a grasp of how deep this receiving core is. And that was something that you hoped come to fruition during the season when you looked at things you know, on the outside looking in in the preseason. And that was, okay, how is this wide receiving core going to step up and where and who is going to separate themselves? In all reality, it's just, you know, a lot of guys are starting to separate themselves. So it's just a lot of mouths to feed. Whenever your number's called, these guys, you know, have stayed ready and I've liked what they've done. So overall it's an A minus. Like I mentioned, just a couple things that have held this team back. The slow start, um, you know, not being able to put together a full performance. You know, quality-wise on offense and then not stepping on the gas when you do go up big points. And we've seen that kind of almost falter against Florida State and the Cards lost that game against Virginia. So we give the offense an A-minus final verdict. The defense, however, is where I'm pretty disappointed. You know, I'm giving them a C, and at, at times I think that that may be generous. Um, unfortunately, and you know, it's kind of like here's the rationale that I'm having. Here's kind of the analogy that I want to put out there. Sometimes, you know, you put the right answer on a math test, 
but when you have to show your work, it um, you know you lose points and it, you you go back and you realize okay you didn't necessarily take the correct path to get to the right answer, but you know at the end of the day you got the right answer. And I, at times I think that that's kind of what the little defense is embodying is that yes. The Cardinals might win games, you know, like they did against Central Florida, like they did against um, Florida State. But the way they got there and the way, you know, the defense gave up chunk yardage and, you know, big yardage opportunities. Um, I think that, you know, it was, you know, it's kind of respective in, in how they played against Central Florida and Florida State. I don't necessarily think they played all that bad in those two. But Virginia and Wake Forest, I get Here's the thing. I get that Louisville has played three of the top ten offenses in the first six games, but we've seen, especially in that third quarter against Virginia, that you can, you know, the Louisville defense has the opportunity to really throw a wrench in opposing offenses' plans when you don't rush three and drop eight. Like I mentioned, not here at the moment to, you know, argue over what needs to be done in terms of improvement, in terms of play calling. I'm just calling a spade a spade here. You know, the Cardinal defense, call it for what you will, has given up, you know, just a ton of yards. And overall, I mean, I think that that's kind of where, you know, they're struggling is that they're in the bottom half of, you know, the NCAA FBS and rushing yards allowed and passing yards allowed. So the defense, although has increased in terms of talent and overall depth, statistically, we're just not seeing a huge increase or even in you know in terms of improvement from last year to this year and that's kind of something that's been disappointing because you know in year three under Brian Brown the talk has always been okay let the coaching staff bring their depth in and uh, at that point you can start to try to do what you're wanting to do unfortunately you know we've seen the signs that's why you know I don't want to go below a C because I've seen the flashes you know when Yasir Abdullah comes off the edge, and you have a lot of talent in that secondary. Kittrell Clark is a top three cornerback in the ACC. You know, Ashton Gelati is ahead of schedule in terms of his development. Um, you know, so on and so forth. Yaya Diaby, very solid. The defensive tackle position, there's more, you know, presence there than there has been in the past couple of years with, you know, a Scott Satterfield team. So, ultimately, I think that this defense is progressing with what we've kind of identified as, as sort of the problems now. We have to look at things as, okay, you sort of have the personnel that you've been looking for. What are we going to do in terms of play calling to put the defense in the best situation? I really look forward to hearing, you know, in Brian Brown and even Scott Satterfield's press conference early this upcoming weekend just to hear what they had have to say about how they're going to move forward and it's going to be a you know we're going to be able to tell against Boston College so I'm giving them a C for right now you know I know that they've been playing tough defenses uh, but it's just you know some things that are holding them back so I think that they're you know right outside of the maybe satisfactory level but um, they're not totally failing I mean I just think at the end of the day this is just a defense that I'm, you know, consistently asking myself, you know, okay, how are they going to improve? Because it seems like, you know, throughout the year, they're actually taking some steps back. So how is the defense going to right the ship? There's a ton of talent. It's just a matter of putting it together and being put in the best situation to succeed. And I'm, I'm really excited to see the improvements that are going to be made because, you know, I think that that's a testament to how, you know, solid of a coach is or a coaching staff is to be able to identify, okay, this isn't working Let's go to this. Let's try this. And 
you know, I caution fans, don't throw in the towel just yet. See what the team has in store for the second half of the season. But overall, we recapped the first half, gave out the offensive and defensive game balls, and gave out the report card grades for both the offense and the defense you know, as collective units. Next week, we will begin our long preview of Boston College, so be sure to stay tuned for that. I want to give a couple quick shout-outs before we get out of here. The first to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. Go check that out. A lot of good conversation about the state of the Louisville program. Um, you can find that at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, want to give a shout-out to the Locked on ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper with Louisville getting into that second half of the season. There's some ACC opponents that you need to learn up on. There's no better way to do that than following along that podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. But overall, that's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. Have a fun this weekend. Be safe. Enjoy some football that is not Louisville. And we'll see you right back here on Monday.